all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another special free agent frenzy episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Dis. And these last two days have just been so, so eventful, especially at the quarterback position for the Saints. Drew Brees officially retires for the Saints, and we're just going to, you know, basically jump into that first. Thank you, Drew. I mean, he is just, you know, one of the goats. I mean, there's really no other way. You can put it, and I wouldn't be speaking to you right now if it wasn't for Drew Brees. He was definitely the first thing that, you know, from a kid from New York, made me a Saints fan, made me intrigued about the Saints, and I bet a lot of other people can say that wherever you're from. I mean, he made the Saints relevant, he helped make the Saints relevant, and we'll go into all of that, but that's kind of going to be our first story about Drew Brees and just how important he was here to the Saints and the Saints franchise in New Orleans, and Again, it's just it's, it's one of those it's one of those days where you know you, you look back on all the great Drew Brees moments. You're sad that he'll never take the field as an NFL Saints QB again, uh, and then you look ahead because on Monday the Saints kind of just a few hours ago the Saints signed Jameis Winston, who was on the roster last year. As I think everybody knows, it's a one year deal. The base is five point five million, and it works its way up in incentives to about twelve million. If, let's say, he has this huge season, but that's not guaranteed, and that incentive stuff will be pushed ahead to next season's cap. So you're definitely looking at a $5.5 million cap hit for the Saints, which is very, very important considering their cap situation, and that cap is lower than what I thought it, it, it would be. And the contract overall is kind of what I thought it was going to be, that one-year deal you know, that 10 to 12 million, as I said, and ends up, I think it's going to be ended up below. I mean, I'm assuming the incentives are going to be just, you know, maybe an MVP, or it's going to be probably yards. And like, I bet he won't hit all of them. I bet he hits some, but I don't think he hits all of them. So I think it will be ending up around 10 million when this is all said and done, which is kind of what I've been predicting the whole time. And it was one of the things with Jameis, it was one of the first things that, you know, one of the takes that I had with just the $10 million for one year with there was some pushback about which was kind of interesting to go through for sure but we'll get into all of that and definitely an interesting deal I I think it's good for both sides I mean as I've said multiple times it gives the Saints just basically the you know the cap security where they don't have to now give a quarterback 30 million especially because you're paying Taysom Hill which we'll get into Jameis Winston Andrew Brees who's retiring so I mean the Saints get you know the the less money and this one-year deal, and then they get to see Winston in that starting role, either in preseason, training camp, or, in, or during the season. And then for Winston, he has a chance to win the starting role here in New Orleans, have a big year, and then parlay that into money. It makes perfect sense. And just in my mind, I don't think Winston did enough up until this point to make that Teddy Bridgewater money or more. And it seems like the Saints felt that way. It seems like the rest of the league felt that way, which is why he's coming back here to the Saints. And then also yesterday with Taysom Hill, he restructured his contract, saved the Saints a lot of money on the, you know, the cap, which was obviously great. It was that voidable four years, 140 million that sent the national media into a frenzy. But overall, it saves the Saints money, saves them a lot of money, which is always good stuff. 
And, you know, right now where the Saints are sitting, they're basically going to be under the cap. Obviously, this Winston move is going to change a few things, and we're going to have to see how that deal all works out. But right now, you're really sitting, if you're uh, the Saints, going to be right around that cap number already. All you need is to basically restructure Taron Armstead and then extend guys if you wanted to, which, you know, extend a guy like Marcus Williams, extend a guy like Ryan Ramchak, extend a guy like uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I, I do think they're, they're going to do these moves, and that's what's going to give them moves to make in free agency. You had Mickey Loomis say that they're not going to be big players in free agency, and that's kind of what we've expected up until this point. Even in my free agent preview, a lot of, um, you know, sh- short names, me and Tristan Edgerson, if you haven't watched that episode, definitely do that because it, it was great talking with Tristan. But, you know, we were talking about guys that are going to be more role players, depth players, Rashad Perriman, Alex Okafor, maybe a guy like Josh Norman can step in on the right cap hit. But that's kind of what free agents the Saints will look at. And so it's going to be a lot of extending guys, re-signing guys. We've already seen that. The tag of Marcus Williams, the re-signing of Jameis Winston. The Saints are going to try their best to retain their team that just won the NFC South and have won it for four straight years. So, again, you want to plug holes with veterans for sure. You'll do that in the draft too. But that's just kind of what the Saints are looking at right now. And then two more little pieces of news that we'll get into. One with uh, Trey Hendrickson, excuse me, there. He was signed by the Cincinnati Bengals, four years, $60 million. That's a big contract. Kind of maybe a little above what I thought he was going to get, but still right in that four to five years, 50 to $60 million. On that upper, definitely on that upper level of that range, but still right in there, which, again, is good for him. Let him get that money. I mean, we were talking about the difference earlier in this offseason. We were talking about Marcus Williams or Trey Hendrickson. Saints to choose Marcus Williams. I agree with that move, so... Again, it, it you know, stinks that the Saints can't re-sign Trey Hendrickson. That opens up that hole for Marcus Davenport to uh, kind of get into and fill, but he's been uneasy, as we know, over the last few years. But that's going to be another role here that the Saints will have to fill. And then finally, they did re-sign James Hurst, the offensive lineman, three years, $9 million. I love this move. Love, love, love for him to be that six-man, or maybe he'll team up with someone else to be a six-man. Three years, $9 million, you could spread out that cap hit. And I think he's a guy you want here for multiple years because that depth that he's bringing. So great deal for the Saints. Nice team-friendly deal. And Hurst, he also you know, he gets some years. Now he gets three years with the same team, which is obviously really great for him as well. So those are the, uh, the topics we are going to get into here. And let's start off here with Drew Brees. And just to start it off, thank you, Drew Brees, because you know he's obviously just been amazing for the Saints for 15 years. I don't have to say that. Such a big impact for this team. And look, as I said, I wouldn't be talking to you guys if it wasn't for Drew Brees. I started out being a Saints fan because my first year playing fantasy football, I basically, not randomly, but I knew Drew Brees was like pretty good. He was high in the rankings. I was like, oh, Drew Brees, and he was my quarterback. And that was the year he just went off in fantasy. And then I just fell in love with the team. I had NFL Sunday ticket, fortunately, because... My brother and dad are Dolphins fans, so I still got to watch every game because they were watching the Dolphins game on Sunday ticket. So I just turn on Saints games and see Drew Brees just throwing it down the field. The Saints offense scored a ton of points, and that really just enamored me to that team and him and just the way he carried himself as a leader too. all the pump-ups. As such a young kid, you're, you're really intrigued by that. And then just the next year, two years after, um, they, they win the Super Bowl. And, you know, when you're early on your fandom and you see your team win the Super Bowl, it's like, I'm hooked. And that's exactly what happened. And it's all because of Drew Brees and Sean Payton, for sure. And, again, that that's something that, you know, for a kid to have, you know, an athlete to look up to like Drew Brees, it's definitely made a big impact on me, as I know it did a lot of other Saints fans. And, 
he's a guy that goes beyond the, the stat book. The way he carried himself was just amazing. I mean, it's really next to none. I mean, the work he did in the community, the work he did with his team, just, to, I mean, like the way he was just so competitive and the way he strived towards his goals, everybody was talking about that. Michael Thomas had that amazing 906-word essay, that's what I'm going to call it, about Drew Brees, and that was the biggest thing, motivation, and, and that's what he does. And to bring that to a young kid like me, like going into the to the office at 6 a.m. like he did, like all that stuff, I mean, it really, you know, it, it puts a mark on you, and it presses a mark on you as a young person, and that's obviously just something that, you know, not every kid has an athlete to look up to like that on their favorite team. It just doesn't always happen that way. And that's why I just feel blessed to watch the Saints during Drew Brees' prime and during Drew Brees' career because he was just next to none. I mean, he really was. The way he was putting up those yards. I know Brady's going to go down as the better quarterback, but the way Brees was putting up those stats, Brady wasn't even doing that. So obviously those offenses were just so, so good. And that a lot to do with him putting in all of the work. And you look what he said, what Michael Thomas said, how he wanted to win just as much as me. And we know how competitive Michael Thomas is. And like Drew Brees, he was like, he was the one guy that met me. And he knew exactly what I was talking about. And he pressed me to be better. And like that essay was just, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes because it was just that, I mean, it was that moving. And that's what Brees did, bringing that motivation, being better. You know, the, the big thing with the Saints is 1% better every day. And he definitely brought that. I mean, he tried to be about 100% every day. That's just the kind of person that he is. And, um, you know, he's a guy that really revitalized his franchise. I mean, before he's came, and a lot of people talk, he only got one Super Bowl. Like, that's all his naysayers say. He didn't win one in the last four years. The noodle arm. Talk about all that. Before he came to the Saints and Brees came to the Saints, the Saints had one playoff win in their franchise history. They were the lovable losers, and they were never you know, really taken seriously. Breeze goes in there. He wins one, wins a playoff game in his first year, ends up winning nine with the team. That's how you turn around a franchise. You win a ton of regular season games. But to say that he didn't have postseason success, he had over 500 record in the postseason, which is impressive. And to just bring a franchise that was nothing and then into something big, him and Sean Payton, that's something that you always have to be proud of. Because even the Patriots, I know they didn't win a Super Bowl before Tom Brady, but those teams made Super Bowls. They were a franchise, a you know, a, a good franchise already. Wasn't that way with the Saints. It really wasn't. They were just losers, lovable losers, but still losers. And one playoff win, not many winning seasons. Breeze comes up here and completely changes the culture around and says that the Saints are meant to be reckoned with and you, we can win any game with this offense. And he exactly did that. Him and Sean Payton, Mickey and Loomis, everyone. You got to give it to them because they did that. And, you know, with New Orleans and Breeze meeting together, basically... I would say at the lowest points of both the city after Hurricane Katrina and then Breeze after his shoulder injury. I mean, they both worked their way up, rised up, um, and then it was just it was a great symbol for the city. I mean, the whole football team was just a great symbol for the city rebuilding and um, obviously gave hope. And obviously the city did it itself and rebuilt, you know, amazingly by itself. But the football team's the heart heart of that city. I mean, when I was down there for the Breeze, um, when he broke the yards record, you just saw. I mean, the city loves him. The, the city loves the team. I mean, that's like the only city that I've been to where they just have one team and they just love it. Love the Saints. I mean, you know, there were Saints jerseys, not just on Sunday, any day of the week. But, I mean, that's what Breeze did. And, again, it, it was kind of just that symbol of the city rebuilding. He was rebuilding. The team was rebuilding. And that definitely is a big part uh, to what he was, you know, what he he did, the team did, his legacy and, uh, yeah, I mean, it goes beyond the Super Bowl. It goes beyond that one Super Bowl, which was, like, the triumphant moment. 
definitely of his time with the Saints, but the records, everything put together, the way he carried himself. I mean, he's really just one of the GOATs. To me, he's a top five QB of all time. And again, a lot of people are going to be like, he's not top t- top five. You even heard it today in Breeze's should be, no one should say anything bad about Breeze today. You even heard Max Collins say he's not top five. He's top five and he could even be higher. And, you know, he beat Peyton Manning in, in the Super Bowl, an amazing Super Bowl run where he beat Brett Favre and Kurt Warner, two Hall of Famers. I mean, you look at all the yards record. He's number one in all of them. And what makes it so great about that, even, I know he played 20 years, but really five of those years, there weren't the best with the Chargers. He really did most of that in 15 years. To think of that, that's just crazy. And a lot of people say, oh, it's a pass-happy league. Well, he was number one in all that. So you got to give him credit there. And, you know, with with Breeze, he's just truly one of the best and one of the GOATs. And, you know, for a young football fan, you just knew that you were in the game anytime, even how bad those defenses were. And, you know, there was a, was a good tweet. I forgot who tweeted it out. But they said, like, basically the total defenses by points that all these quarterbacks had. Breeze was 23rd. Brady was, like, 1. Peyton was, like, you know, in the top 10. So was Rodgers. And Breeze was 23rd, so much lower. And he still was able to win. And just he gave you a chance to win. And you can't say that with every quarterback, that every game he gave you a chance to win. Even at the end of his career in those last four years. I mean, one of his best comebacks were was that game against now the Washington football team where he comes back from like 14 points or 15, I think it was 15 points with like five minutes to go. Just insane stuff. I mean, it's really insane. And how he revolutionized his uh, career by when his arm was starting to deteriorate, still being able to put up amazing stats with with his you know brain and what Sean Payton was doing with the playbook, how they were always on the same page. And I forgot who said it, but there was a quote that said, Bree said, well, someone chopped off my right arm. It would take me a while, but I'd start to throw with my left and I do it at a, the best I could. And that you can even like parallel those two things where he still had a deteriorating arm and still was able to be really successful. Even in his worst year this year, he was still really good and still had a lot of great moments. And, you know, for the Saints, now they're going to have to move forward. And, you know, with Breeze, with all these amazing stats, I'm just going to pull them up real quick because, I mean, some of these are just amazing. I mean, look at the 5,000 yards. I mean, he threw 5,000 yards five times. No one else has done it more than once. And before he threw his first 5,000-yard season, before he came to the New Orleans, only one person ever threw for 5,000 yards. That was Dan Marino. And obviously the Saints will have another 5,000-yard passer on their roster next year with Jameis Winston, but not to the same level as Breeze. I think we all know that. And you just look at what he was able to do. He led the league in passing yards one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. That's just insane. Led the league in touchdowns four times. I mean, completion percentage six times. He was just, I mean, just one of the all-time greats. And, that, and that's when you're looking at this. Like, he really just, every game, put up these amazing stats. And, again, he's he's a guy that, I know at his peak, maybe threw a lot of interceptions. And, you know, you look at it, you know, had one or two really bad years in interceptions. Besides that, I mean, especially, you could see it go down late in his career. He became a different quarterback. He was able to, even in 2017, 2018, have MVP-type seasons. 2018, he finished second in MVP. And people were talking about his noodle arm back then. And he still was putting up an MVP level season. Again, that just shows you how great Drew Brees is. And obviously his legacy goes beyond the stat book. And, you know, it goes to the the type of person he was, the type of leader that he was. And just everyone's been saying it. I mean, when you see like the Falcons tweeting out, you know, congratulations, thank you, Drew. (laughs) You know, like the legacy that he had. And again, uh, he he's one of those guys that is just one of the goats. He just is, and obviously, you know, he's not going to be in that conversation with Brady for the best. 
but he's right under him, right under there. I mean, you really could put a nice argument in there, probably below Montana, right at three. You can make an argument for it. I'd say he's five solidified, but you can make an argument that he's better than Peyton. I know Peyton has the MVPs, but Breeze has all the stats. And Breeze beat him in the Super Bowl, which could trump all of it. But again, that's a, <laughs> a definitely a discussion for another day. I bet we'll get into that. But I definitely just wanted to say thank you, Drew. Thank you for being the best quarterback that any young kid can ask for. I mean, the way he, you know, thank you for building this team and, you know, definitely giving me the motivation to even start the podcast, be a fan, be a really, um, you know, dedicated fan. It's all because of Breeze, that offense. And then the defense, obviously, like once you start loving the team, you love the defense too. And that's what happened. That's definitely how I became a fan. But I mean, he, he was the guy, he was the, you know, the, 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 the drum, the beating drum to that team, the beating heart to that team and all these teams that he was on over these last 15 years. And it is sad to see to see him not play another game with the Saints. It was sad to see him go out the way he did against the Buccaneers, how the three interceptions, one of his worst games in a really long time. But for him, that's, you know, it's just it's tough, but he had such a great, great, great career. And no one can take that away from him. No one can take away his top five status. And no one can take away the type of character he had, the type of motivation. I mean, everyone was going out and saying it. So this is nothing new coming from me. But just kind of from a different point of view that I have from someone that became a Saints fan that wasn't from New Orleans, wasn't from even the Gulf Coast region or the South, someone from New York. And then, you know, becoming a fan, be just starting off just because of Drew Brees and then building around, that just shows you, um, you know, the type the type of player he was that, you know, he, he definitely built incitement every single Sunday, which is just insane. Even if there were bad defenses, even if, you know, the bounty gate and that stuff, even when everything was put against him, he somehow made every game like you could feel like you can win. That's just the way he was. So that is going to wrap up our thank you, Drew talk. We'll continue it throughout the offseason. And like how he said, he's not leaving. We're not done talking about him probably. When it's the offseason, not much to talk about. We'll talk about those conversations, but right now you just talk you talk about the character, you talk about how he led the Saints for 15 years, you talk about the amazing stats, you talk about how he's a top five, you know, one of those goats for sure, and talk about how he brought a Super Bowl to New Orleans, brought a lot of playoff wins to New Orleans, made it the franchise that a lot of people respect. And, you know, even you see people in the franchise, they just know that, you know, before Breeze was here, not a lot of respect. Since Breeze has been here, Everybody respects them. You have players from the draft thinking, I want to be drafted by the Saints. Couldn't always say that. And that's, you know, between Drew Brees, Sean Payton, the front office, obviously a lot of players that have been in there uh, that, that they've acquired over the years to build around Drew Brees. It's really all been because of them. So, again, thank you, Drew. Thank you for, you know, becoming a Saint, making me a Saints fan. Wouldn't be talked to Thank you for helping, obviously, with the Houdat discussion. It wouldn't have made the Houdat discussion if it wasn't for you, Drew. So thank you so much. And uh, now we got to move on to what's going to be after Drew Brees. And that's when you get into the Jameis Winston conversation. And we're going to get into all of that. A lot of moves went down today. What is next for the Saints? One error closes. But now another book is open. Another chapter is going to be written here. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. We're going to get into all of it. After this short break, you are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Well, 
welcome back into the Who Dat discussion. And now we're going to get into the news of Jameis Winston re-signing with the Saints. One year, up to $12 million, 5.5 base salary for him. And the rest would be earned in incentives. And again, this is a very good deal, I think, for both sides. Because it gives Winston the flexibility to now go back in the market. Let's say he goes with the Saints and he has a big year. And he ends up being the starter. They win a lot of games. He'd get this huge contract next year. I think we all know that. That he'd go out and then get that big contract. Maybe the four years, $140 million that uh, that Taysom Hill gets the void contract. I think maybe that would happen for him. So it gives him that flexibility to re-enter the market. Now this time he can re-enter as a starter. Very similar to the Teddy Bridgewater situation. I think we can all say that. And for the Saints... It's definitely a lower deal to kind of have now a tryout with Jameis Winston to see if he's the guy. Same thing with really uh, Taysom Hill at this point, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. I li- I like the move. I mean, you can't really not like the move. I mean, I've been saying this all along. Get him on that one year, 10 to 12 million. This ends up being 5.5 base and then incentives the rest of the way. And really, when you look at those incentives, I say he get to around 10. I don't think he'll make it all the way to, to 12. Maybe he will. But um, I'd say probably around $10 million it's going to end up being at the end of the day when all the incentives are set and done and the Saints will have to pay it next year. But when everything's set and done, I believe one year, $10 million, And that's kind of right what I thought the whole entire offseason. I know a lot of people were coming, you know, they didn't agree with me. They thought that he'd get a big contract, he'd get $20 million a year. Just it didn't seem that way. Just it really didn't. And at the end of the day... It works out with this one year, $5.5 million, with the incentives to bring it up to $12 million. So that's just kind of how I saw it. Um, I, I put out an article on Saints News Network how basically um, I created a model, projection model, to with one of my friends. And a great time making that model. It was really interesting to look at QB history and kind of see which deals worked out, which deals didn't, which deals were values, which deals didn't work out and probably shouldn't have worked out and teams should have saw it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But it was really fun making that model. And then I put Jameis Winston in there. It went by cap percentage, and his cap percentage was four point eight six million, I believe, or four point eight six percent. Excuse me, four point eight six percent. And if you convert that um, into you know the salary cap, basically, I did an average between last year's and this year's, and it came to around nine million, nine to ten million. That's where you know eight to ten million, right in that range. And wrote an article, put it out, and a lot of people are saying, oh, he's going to get twenty million. He's not going to get one year. All that stuff. And, and ends up he's going to be right around there. And it just seems like Winston, even though he's had the starting experience and, you know, um, started a ton of games for Tampa Bay, it almost felt like the same situation as Teddy Bridgewater because he was coming in a little broken into New Orleans after the 30 interception season. And then he kind of takes the year to sit behind Breeze, just like Teddy Bridgewater did, go to like the, I think Winston called it Harvard for QBs. So, again, you sit behind that, and then the next year you can go out and prove yourself. Bridgewater did, and now we'll see if Winston can. And this is exactly what I wanted to do for the Saints this offseason. We knew this roster was going to get a bit worse, and it did so far. Definitely, we're not going to say how this roster is the same as last year. It's not. So it's gotten worse, and I was like, then we can see what Jameis Winston can do. Because if he gets you to 10 wins, gets you to 11 wins, you're feeling pretty solid. Because I, I think if you knew that Jameis was, you know, if you get him 11 wins, you get this roster ready to win again, and you get it ready to be a Super Bowl contender. And it's kind of similar to um, the 2017. Going in, they were like, well, this team's good. You know, that's obviously good. And we can build and build this final run for Drew Brees. And that's what they did. The team won 11 games. 
They were close to a Super Bowl then, for sure. But they had holes. I mean, they had the hole at linebacker. They didn't have Demario Davis at that point. You had a hole at cornerback. You had Ken Crawley back there as your second corner who played well. But as we saw, definitely wasn't that long-term uh, guy at cornerback. And same with wide receiver, too. You had Ted Ginn, but then the year after, he kind of fell off because of injuries and stuff like that. So the holes were there, and then they kept filling him, filling him, filling him. The team got better and better and better. So they can do the similar thing here. And that's why I really compare this 2021 season to the 2017 season, just to me, very, very similar, uh, just between the two parallels and the two teams. And now we'll see where the Saints hold. Is it going to be a sink or swim? And I think that's what that 2017, 2017 excuse me, season was. It was a sink or swim season. Same type of thing for the Saints. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. But And then, you know, this move with James kind of, you know, definitely proves that they're kind of in that situation that, if it's all great, then we could re-sign him, give him that long-term deal, but we're not there yet. Same with 2017. Really felt like that. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, d- I do think that Winston with Sean Payton could kind of change his game a little bit. You still want those deep throws in there. You still want those great throws, but you just want to take out the interceptions. And I think he was on the Michael Vick podcast, and he said that the biggest thing I learned with the Saints was I don't have to you know, have the home run ball every single play. I don't have to win the game every play. I could hit the checkdowns. I could do that stuff. That is so, so important. When I heard that interview with Michael Vick, I was like, he he sounds like a changed guy. He sounds like a changed player. And I would love to see that for him. And he's a guy that, again, it's going to be him and Hill, and, and they're going to battle it out. But if he shows that he improved, he has the talent to be, I think, better than Taysom Hill. I think he has the talent to go out and win a Super Bowl if he's polished. I really do believe that. And now... Will it come true? We don't know. And that's why I said a while back, I want to see it. I want to see if he has it or not. I think he's proved that he should deserve one more chance to see if he has it or not. And I definitely want to see him, but I, I didn't want to see him on 25 million. Didn't want to see him on 20 million. 10 million, we're good. 12 million, we're good. Uh, the 5.5 incentive, good. That's all really great. Now you get to see what happens with the Saints. And as it's really this tryout year for either Winston or Hill, and I just can't wait to see it. There's going to be so, so much to talk about. We're not going to dive too much into Jameis Winston right now, as definitely we have still a little more news to get to. That's definitely for future off-season podcasts, but we will, and it's going to be interesting to see Jameis taste of back and forth for at least a little bit. I, I do think that Jameis has the upper edge right now, and I believe Deuce Windham said 60-40, and um, I think that's around true. I, I do think that Ross Jackson said the same thing, like 60-40, and... Um, you know, those guys, I completely agree with them. I'd say 60-40 right now is a really good. James Winston has the edge just because he's the starting experience. He has the arm talent, all that stuff. But you could see if, if Taysom really got better, he, you know, he could definitely get the um, the starting job as well. But that's really, I feel like, where the Saints are. Great deal because, hey, if it works out, you've got a really good quarterback here for like $12 million, and then you have your quarterback for the future. Sign him long-term, great. We can go to another Super Bowl run here, another Super Bowl window. That would be outstanding, amazing. If it doesn't work out and he doesn't start and it doesn't, he's still throwing the interceptions and you see it in preseason, let's say he never hits those incentives, it's a $5.5 million one-year thing. You don't have to worry about it then. And then you could try to find elsewhere. Maybe it's Taysom Hill. Maybe it's someone else. It's really a win-win deal. And it's a win-win deal for Winston too because if it's great, then he gets to, you know, at this point his career is really a win-win because if he's great, he gets to parlay it into a championship. And, you know, it's only a one-year um, thing so he can go back and you know test the market and maybe a lot of other teams are going to want him and he could force the Saints higher and higher and higher 
and maybe he was trying to do that this year but couldn't, didn't have a lot of leverage. Well, if he goes and balls out, he'll have all that leverage, and he can really maximize himself in an open market where he wouldn't be able to do that if he signed a two-, three-year deal, even for if it was a little more. Maybe it was like $15 million. If he signed it, he still couldn't get the $30 million. So that's just kind of how it works out for Winston. To me, it's a good deal for both sides. And now Winston, he's going to get his chance. He's going to get his chance to start that he definitely wanted after the 30-interception season. Well, now he's going to get a chance. We'll see if he can convert. I do have confidence in him, and I do have confidence in Sean Payton that he knows talent. He knows, you know, uh, obviously he saw it in Drew Brees. Maybe season Jameis Winston, and it'll be interesting if he can now do it again and kind of take, you know, a quarterback that's broken. Breeze was broken with you know, shoulder and, you know, just the, his play. Same with same with Winston. We'll see how it all works out. But the Saints, to me, now filled the quarterback position. That's a check off of the offseason list. It was number one, and you could just check it right on off as you now have your quarterbacks. You have Winston, have Hill, and now we can move on from here. And before we kind of sign on out, and, you know, get to uh, talking about one other thing with um, Trey Hendrickson. I do quickly want to talk about Taysom Hill, how he restructured his deal, which to me was so, so interesting uh, when looking at this deal because he was just, again, he had that $16 million cap hit and everyone's like, he can't play for $16 million. He lowers it and everyone's still complaining because the void contract was four years, $140 million. So the national media thought it was a $140 million deal, but it's all not true. It's it's all voidable. It goes every year, it voids. And it's just to spread uh, Taysom Hill's cap hits so the Saints could get under the salary gap this year and for him to only have a $7.26 million hit, which is very good. But even if he's a, you know, jack-of-all-trades guy, that's a respectable cap hit. And, you know, for a starter that only has four starts under his belt, to me, that makes a lot of sense. So that restructuring makes a ton of sense. And supposedly it was four years, $140 million because just in case he goes off, wins the Super Bowl, like that's a framework of the deal that they can just flip the switch on that, you know, he would basically protect him from the open market. But again, that's a dream scenario. Probably won't come into play. So that's just kind of interesting with Hill. I wanted to throw that in there. And he's a guy that's going to battle for this job. Had four starts. It was up and down. Won three games, though. I mean, that's really important. But it was definitely up and down. And you want to see uh, what you have in Jameis Winston. He probably even has the edge at this point, as I said. Um, but we'll see. If, if Hill got better, if Hill is able to you know, throw on the run better, if he's able to read zone defenses better, run the two-minute drill, you could definitely see him surpass Jameis. But right now, just when you see two players and kind of um, now evaluating them based off of what we saw already... I give a little edge to Jameis Winston right now, but still enough to like garner a competition and a QB battle. I, I think that's what Mickey Loomis called it. So we'll talk about that. But I, I do think that um, the Saints QB um, position, that void is filled. It's filled with Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. And we'll see the, the you know, definitely best of luck to both guys and see who wins the, wins the, uh, the QB battle, as Mickey Loomis called it. And, uh, I, I guess uh, to the victor goes the spoils, I, I, I guess you got to say, <laughs> which is, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting talking about these guys um, to see who has the has the edge. And it's going to be interesting to see who we want. I think right now I want to see what Jameis Winston has. I want to see him play in a Saints uniform more than just mop up duty or filling in during games. I want to see him with a playbook around him and, a you know, a game plan around him. I want to see what he can do because I think. He could just be so, so good with Sean Payton. Obviously, have to fix things, but I could see him being the future guy. He has the potential to win a Super Bowl. He has it in him. 
Now you just got to pry it out of him. Now, maybe that's not possible, but we're going to have to see. And you could probably say the same with Taysom Hill, but we already saw him for four starts. We already saw him with the game plan around him. We haven't seen Jameis Winston like that. So that's just kind of what my initial thoughts there for the battle. And then finally, it is free agent frenzy, and the Saints did have a free agent leave, and that would be Trey Hendrickson signing a four-year, $60 million deal with the Bengals. And this is a great deal for him. I think it's a little over what he probably should have gotten because he only had that one good year. But he's a guy that 13 and a half sacks, that is a whole lot of sacks. And again, he um, will bring, again, hopefully for the Bengals, <laughs> 13 and a half sacks again. But to me, he's more going to be more of an eight sack guy, which is really solid. I mean, if he can be a perennial eight sack guy, that's you know a very, very solid player, even for 15 million. And if he can have maybe a few seasons of 12 with those eight, that's really good. And uh, again, he deserves it. When you have 13 and a half, you deserve to get paid. I thought he should have been like the 11 or 12 range, but he gets the 15. Good for him. He had a really strong market. So again, happy to see the Saints get paid. They'll get a comp pick next year for it. But again, that is really interesting. And uh, again, when you look at the amount of pressures he had, the amount of sacks he had, and only like, you know, below 600 snaps, really, really impressive. And if teams thinking, even if he doesn't have that same level, if we play him for a thousand snaps, what is he going to be? It's going to be interesting, but you know, the down points that he had, the, you know, the, sometimes he was not so good against double teams and being that main guy, um, had some difficulties in the run sometimes as well, but, um, really came on as the same starter late in that season. And overall he was just amazing. But when you're looking at a four year, $60 million deal, I mean, the bar gets set higher and he's going to have to fix those things. So it's definitely going to be very interesting there. And just one more piece of news before we wrap up here, the Saints did sign uh, James Hurst to a three-year, $9 million deal, which I love that deal, really love that deal for James Hurst. I mean, a, a guy that will really bring you really nice stuff now for three years. You could spread out the cap hit. Really, really nice. I like that a lot. And he could be your sixth man. Maybe he'll team up with someone else to be a sixth man, but play tackle, could play guard. 69.6 PFF grade, really, really solid. Pass block grade was actually really solid this year at 85.5. So, that was huge for the Saints, and it'll be important if he's in there, if he can protect um, you know, guys like James Winston, Taysom Hill, who's ever in there. That's going to be big, but definitely wanted to add that as well. I bet we'll talk about that more when we recap free agency and um, you know, talk about the future of the Saints offensive line. But just wanted to add it in here at the end of our free agent frenzy episode. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media accounts. That means on Twitter, you can follow us at the Houdat Dis, Instagram at Houdat Discussion, and then also on YouTube, you can follow us at or subscribe to us at the Houdat Discussion. All of our podcasts will now be on YouTube. That's really fun. Hit the like button, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And that would be greatly appreciated. You can see me wearing my nice Drew Brees jersey, uh, honoring him with his retirement. So. Um, again, uh, definitely adds a little more, get some more graphics in there just in case anyone wanted to see that side and, um, definitely adds an extra layer. So I'm definitely happy to have those YouTube, um, you know, episodes out there. So that's really fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a really, uh, busy episode, Breeze, Winston, Hill, Trey Hendrickson, and we'll be back with you tomorrow if there's any Saints news and, uh, we'll definitely get you guys all caught up every day throughout this first week of free agency. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening, turn it loose, and who dat?